0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of and some you haven't. You really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. Today, for my special 100th edition of Hear Me, See Me podcast, I've got a very special guest, someone I've only met recently, but uh, with, with, with sort of kindred spirits, and I, I really did, you know, feel like I'd known her forever. Uh, we met uh, at my good friend and our good friend's wedding, Uh, Lena Headey, who's pictured behind me, there she is. A lovely, that's why I said we can swear as much as we want, because I've had Lena on and she swears like a sailor. Uh, Today I'm talking to the beautiful, wonderful, talented actress, director, Jordana Spiro. How are you today?
1: Hello, how are you?
0: (laughs) That's our Bruce Buffer introduction.
1: I like that description. (laughs) I I felt that way too. I actually felt like... There were a few people. There was something about that wedding, that gathering of people, the way Mark and Lena are, that you just felt like there was a bunch of people there that you've known forever, right? Like there was some, yeah. some something. It's just, I guess, is the people they draw around them. It was so yeah. beautiful.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, you know, I know it's out there now that that. that I mean, she's not, she's not that type of person who wants everyone at the world to know her stuff. You know, like yeah. it's all all, you know, low key personal, but it's my beautiful, you know, and I say that, and my wife and my daughter got married this year. <laughs> so, and I Dad, them, and I'll
1: come
0: can't you and, just say it was the second? Yeah, i will come up and the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen. Her, and then we thought, okay. going. you sure, Dad? <laughs> but, but it was, wasn't it? was the most magical experience I think I've ever, you know, I've ever been seen, you know. And it was, it, like, as you say, everyone gelled and the... But you know the weather, the beautiful. I've never been to a place like it. You know, I've
1: never been to a place like that. I mean, you 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 stepped into, I mean, Godfather two, except for you know the <laughs> killing part. There was there wasn't any killing um, at their wedding, so that was good. Um, but yeah, you stepped into this kind of other 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 world of painting. You stepped into a painting. Yes. it wasn't just that, right? It really was like the. I mean, it really was the the collection of people that they brought together. Yeah, it was a real testament to how they
0: are. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I, I, I'm a big film and TV buff, so I, I found it really interesting to me and to you know so many people that I'd seen and recognized. You know, and all, and everyone proved to be lovely people. And my wife is not too much into any all that stuff but she was so over the moon to see Rick Astley and to (laughs) dream thing. She got to swim with him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, because you guys had to leave the day of the...
0: the Yeah, we left and we missed the beach day.
1: Yeah. Which is a shame for you guys
0: because I would have been there with my speedos and, you know, (laughs) I probably would have made everyone feel, all all the men feel bad about themselves once they saw me promenading in my speedos. But, you know, uh, it, it weren't to be. But that's a pleasure for another day. But, you
1: missed you miss that slow mo moment.
0: Yeah, oh, I could have done well, it. Didn't I? I could have done that down the beach.
1: It was really cold. It was, oh, was it? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah well, uh, so now I, I get to have that picture of you in yeah. your. Yeah.
0: Can, you can you not? Can you? not do that when you're talking about how cold <laughs> it is? Today? Can you not have that? That you know? Because things are bad enough. I wouldn't need that at all. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> So you know, like we had this wonderful meeting, and we've we've kept in touch. And uh, you know, um, y- your family are wonderful, and I've got a real thing for your daughter. She so you just like cracks yeah, me true. up. Um, we've had a thing because we both had a wobbly tooth. Um, but, um, so tell me, tell me. Let's go back to you. So let, let's let's go back um, and tell me, like you know, where you grew up, and and, and you know, what what got you into acting.
1: Um. I grew up, so I grew up in Manhattan, um, one of five kids, um, and I, it, it's a funny thing, like, I, I don't have that, um, I, I knew I wanted to be an actress, I loved movies, I, and I, I it, it's a funny thing, like, what we talk now about, like, kids needing to see themselves in roles, right, like, uh, little girls needing to see themselves out and out in the world doing certain jobs. I I I think we had Penny Marshall. Like I I don't, I don't think it, it never dawned on me to be a director. It just I, I don't I, I didn't see it. It wasn't in front of me. It just didn't it it didn't dawn on me. Um, so movies I only identified as as being an act as, as being an actress. Um, and, uh, and also my, my dad, so my dad was born in 1926. So we watched a lot of older movies together. And um, he loved, one of his favorite movies was this movie called Never on Sunday with uh, Melina McCurry. Uh, it's a Jules Dasson film. And I loved it with him. And it was like our thing. Because with five kids, he had a beautiful way of like having, doing something special with each kid and making each kid feel like they have their own thing. And so, watching movies, I thought was kind of my thing with him, um, and uh, and she was this incredible presence. I believe she was the ambassador to Greece and um, uh, cultural ambassador to Greece, or something. I don't know. Anyway, she was just this kind of remarkable goddess, strong female presence. And so, I I think I just I wanted to be her. <laughs> Um, and, uh, because I, I I don't, I didn't, I was, I was actually shy, so I didn't want to be in the school plays or anything because that would, that was terrifying. So I would take like acting classes kind of like outside of school in secret. Um, because I was, I would, I, because I was, I don't know, I was shy and it felt like my, my little secret thing. Um, but, uh, yeah so that's how I, that's kind of how I got to acting i think was was the shared thing the, the shared love between my dad and i um and uh yeah that's kind of how that how that started and then I didn't start like auditioning or making it professional until I was eighteen because my parents didn't want like a creepy kid actor right. you know yeah. like they didn't want they didn't yeah. want shady
0: sample.
1: yeah they didn't want like they didn't, they just didn't think it was good for a kid to have that, you know, it, if you were to, in fact, like, strike some kind of gold, even if you were lucky and got that, that that seemed to kind of, it had a sense that that seems to mess people up most of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, it, well, so, history history's proved it, hasn't it? So many, yeah. so many of them suffer as they get older.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... And also they were like, I think they were like, one time they're like, we don't want you to do anything that like you can't top, you can't top what you did at like 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they
1: they didn't want me to have like, well, it's all downhill from here, kind of a a moment. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it wasn't until I was 18 that I was like, all right, I need an agent. I need to like, I need to put myself, I need to put myself out there, I need to get jobs.
0: Yeah. What was your first breakthrough? What's your first role?
1: So my first role was so I so so okay, so my parents weren't um they didn't push college on me. No. No. Um so I didn't go to college, so I went straight out to LA to start to, to get an agent and start acting. Right. Um and um my very first job I got kind of quickly because I was 18 but could play younger. Right. So there's like this little sweet spot, you know, where you can like work as an adult, but be hired as a like to act and actually look like a kid.
0: Actually and, look, um,
1: like, look, yeah.
0: like, look like in Greece when there was like 35 year olds drunk as <laughs> high school kids. <laughs> Beverly
1: Hills, 90210. 90. You remember that? They were like 40, and they're like, I got my period. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So my first job was. Um uh, a, a a sitcom called uh, uh Maybe This Time. This is my very first job. I was a guest star. Um on the sitcom called Maybe This Time with Betty White.
0: Really? Betty White.
1: And Betty White. Oh, I wow. got to work with Betty White as my first job. And um and uh um and, and Dane Cook.
0: Right, I don't know them. No. Uh,
1: he was he he's a stand-up comedian. And um um, oh my god! All of a sudden, I'm blanking on his name. Irish guy had a show. Craig Fergus. What's his name? I feel like an idiot. He had like a big uh, show, and he made a movie where Brenda Blethyn was like selling weed. Great movie.
0: Oh shoot! Don't look at me. I don't anyway, yesterday.
1: Um. Anyway, it was great. It was a great first job. Yeah. Great first. It was like a week long. Yeah. I did have that one experience though on that show where, like, you learn on a TV set really quickly that, um, like, on a movie set, you take your direction from the director. Yeah, and that's it. It's very clear. On a TV set, well, the directors rotate through, so the writers and the producers actually have more um, uh, have have more consistency. Yeah. And flow like more say in terms of the consistency of the show, because they're there episode yeah. in episode out. Um, so it was a confusing moment to me where it was like, I remember I had the, uh, the director say like, hey, listen, could you do like 19% of like that whatever thing that you're doing? And, um, and I was like, OK, cool. Not sure what 19% means, but I guess it means a lot less. Um, but then the producer slash writer kind of took me to the side and was like, "We love it. I just say like double down, double down on what you're doing. Like, go, just go for it." And I was like, "Like, so like two hundred percent." And I was like, oh God, "I'm so confused. I'm so confused." I did it the same, and they were both like, "That was great."
0: Yeah. Oh, she's so good at taking instruction. on Yeah, that.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that being like, okay, okay, I'm getting how it works. You know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was a good. It was it was actually a really nice first job.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it, what interests me, you, going back to that, you said that he um, was very shy. Yeah, and you didn't want to do the local school play. And, I, but I think I find you know a lot of a lot of performers I've met seem very shy. It's it's a odd thing, isn't it? And it's that sort of. The masks that they have to put on,
1: yeah, well, like this, like even what we're doing right now is yeah. as, you know, difficult difficult for me yeah. Um, um, because yeah, I mean, it's it what what is fun about it is to put on something else because you're shot, yeah, um, and also. Um, you know, for me, theater was always a little too intimidating. Like, I've never done a play. No, I've done, like, workshops or stage readings, things like yeah. that. I can do something if it's in service to a friend's script. Then I really have fun with it. Yeah. But to just go out there and do, like, a run of a play, yeah. maybe I would love it. But I don't know, because I've always been a little too... Um, I've always been a little too... Intimidated, whereas, uh, whereas on a film set, it's just it's just a more intimate environment.
0: How can you imagine um, that? You, have you got crew.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: the theater, you I just got it right
1: really matters the when the crew gives like their good, like their good energy at you. Yeah. But most of the time, the crew's, you know, I mean, they're working sixteen-hour days every single day, day in and day out. So they're just trying to get their day done. Um. Yeah. But, uh, but but it is just, yeah, it's a small, you're catching little moments, right? You're like, yeah. oh, we're just getting this little snippet of this scene on this camera angle. And it's just about you and the very few people that are in that room in that moment. Um, so it just, it feels, it's a very different experience.
0: Uh, I mean, I've had a tiny... Tiny experience of it that, that uh, we was on. I was on uh, the national TV, uh, the national lottery TV advert in 2019, um, and the, the advert was a minute long, mm. and it took two full days with a right. massive crew of shooting. Right, I, I was blown away. You know, I, I couldn't believe the amount of work. You know, just to, to, for this minute, this yeah. there must have been hours and hours of film. They had a big film crew rocked up. A catering crew, a lighting crew, and you know. And I thought, there's nothing. I'm just cutting the homeless persons out. <laughs> <laughs> What's all this about? Yeah, it was. Like, but it was a bit. Was fantastic advert. It's a, you know, beautiful bit of film. But um, yeah, that's the one, really what old. I got to see. By the way, now that was done by. Um, that was done by um, Simon Emmett for uh, Beauty Papers Magazine. And they were doing that I think he got about a 20 minute documentary going, but the thing I showed you was just a little one minute promo sure. they did, but it, it, that was beautifully
1: oh, that was beautiful. artistically
0: filmed, yeah, yeah, and that, that was at the lovely Whitechapel Mission in London, who have since can 't have us back there, but I, I did six years there, and I love got to love the people because i 've been doing it eight years next week, I think, and. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, and um, but, so six years there, but the pandemic finished us because they they took the time to re- redo the place and the office where we used to cut hair, they made into an office for two people and it was you couldn't move the furniture around and they couldn't have us. But I've got to really know those guys. The ones who were in that, that was where that was filmed and so people like Pippa, were, who you saw images of, and Zyron and that, I've, I've not seen since, you know.
1: It's a shame. How, 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 what was that communication like? Because I imagine, you know, as you and I have talked about, Ness, it's so obvious when you take a minute to think about the work that you do, it's so much more than a haircut. Mm. It's such a, I mean, it's profound, right? What, mm. what you're giving that person in that moment what was the... Because I imagine had some regulars that would go there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What was the communication like when you couldn't go there? I imagine it was like... I think... Like I think them not knowing
0: that... I didn't get to go back. They, they, they didn't say, we do the next few. I don't want to knock these people, because if they do listen to this... Um, yeah. I love the six years we spent. I understand the reasons for stopping yeah. it. I have since asked to go back if there's any way they can do it and they right. can't they couldn't figure that out um so but it, yeah it, it, it just felt lucky enough there are a few people that I've seen at lo- other ones and I was like oh how are you doing I on their way they at Bethnal Green and that and the other day not the other day sorry a few months ago when we I was doing the buses there's a new thing called the uh, homeless buses and they have a doctor and a dentist and, and a hairdresser and the guy come around the corner, and I've not seen this guy for, for t- t- before the pandemic, so it's a good two and a half years, and it's just the thing that clicks here, and I've got terrible memory. I forget my own kids' names a lot of the time. <laughs> he walked around the guy, a big black guy, and he walked around the guy, and I went, Barrington, how are you doing, mate? And I'd remembered him from that, and he was blown away that I remembered his name, and we had a good yeah. laugh, and, you know, and we caught up and then I got into the bus and he's, he's, he's actually been helping them with sort of liaising with some of the homeless guys and encouraging them to say, look, come over to that bus. It's, it's really good. So, um, yeah. So I did, I didn't lose all of them, but, uh, and then I did recently, did one at a, a, a football, soccer, a soccer stadium. And it was from East London. So a lot of them came and they come to the soccer stadium and I've caught up with a few of the other guys that I hadn't seen for a long time. So yeah, it's 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 it a so beautiful connection.
1: thing to see that like that they've that they've made their way to find you again. Yeah, that, that it's that meaningful, you know that um yeah that they'll coordinate whatever difficulty it is to transpo themselves to what to find to 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 get to get to you. It's it's a yeah. I don't know. It must be it must be a meaningful yeah, feeling. It's,
0: it's nice to see. Sometimes there's, there's there's guys who you've known for a long time and, and you don't want to see them anymore. You know, you, <laughs> want, you want them to move on. Not, yeah. no, not because they're, they're annoying. I've I <laughs> met a few of them. I mean, trust me, people <laughs> are people. There's good people there's there's not so good people. So sometimes, I'm, yeah, but <laughs> there has been, you know, time to think, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love you to. Uh, the guy iron I just mentioned, he's Mohawk, and he was <laughs> – funny guy and um he used to say to me no, i really want to i want to move up to scotland and it was a bit like that goodwill hunting thing you know i used to think one day i'm going to come and he won't be there <laughs> and they'll say he's gone to scotland and you know that thing of the goodwill hunting when he goes you know one day i'm gonna i'm not gonna die you're not gonna be there and yeah, you
1: know and make me cry
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, you, you you do hope that they are going to move on um but I, I, I couldn't, you know, and it's funny how you said about openness and, like, you don't find this easy. I find this really easy, but then I find talking easy. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I always think and imagine is um, with acting, I couldn't remember How did you learn those lines?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny, like, because you also have to do it for, for auditions, right? So you get a little practice when you, ha- because you have to turn those over pretty quickly, um yeah. so you get a bit practiced but you do notice how it is different uh when the writing's good you memorize it faster right like right. a lot faster right because you're you're tracking the logic easier like so it comes naturally like you're like oh that's that's what that person would say next so it just flows right um the la- the and there's a kind of a pleasure to how they're playing back how the characters might be playing back and forth. There's a kind of pleasure to it. There's a musicality to it. So it's easier when it's um it's easier when it's uh when 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 the writing's really good and when you feel like the writer likes to write for that character.
0: Right.
1: It for some reason it comes very easily. Yeah. Um, but I need to. There, everybody, every actor has like different styles. So I like to memorize it kind of a few days in advance, forget about it, and then relook at it like right. the day of. So it's sort of in. It's it's in me in a um, like it's uh, you know you're recalling. Yeah. Versus trying to memorize, but like like when we were filming Ozark, Jason Bateman. Has like a photographic memory. Really, it's so annoying. (laughs) Can memorize. Oh, so he can memorize like, like uh, you know, like blocks of text. You know, on the van ride from where our trailers are to where the set is. Really, so aggravating. Yeah, and then and then do it with all the nuances and the specificity as if you had been digesting it for, you know, for a week. It's incredible. That was, that's incredible. That's incredible.
0: And annoying.
1: It's (laughs) fucking annoying. It's bullshit. Um, Yeah. It was really annoying.
0: Fuck you, Jason. Fucking Jason.
1: (laughs) While he's directing and acting. And like producing 48 other things. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was that 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 was that was crazy to see. That was the first time I've ever seen somebody like with that kind of like. Yeah. And then I tried it one day, and I was like, ah, you know what? He's such a good actor. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. try that one day. And uh and I tried it, and then it was just like I was sweating because <laughs> I, I couldn't because I, I was like I don't know if I'm gonna know the lines. Like what if? I, so then the stress of me uh, of like them saying like rolling and action, and you don't you're and you're. Playing the part of somebody recalling the lines, yeah, (laughs) versus like a character's talking, um, was so was stressed me out um, so much that I was like, "Did I? That I think? I think that scene like my character just seemed really nervous when she didn't need to be nervous. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Why are you sweating?
0: (laughs) It's a constipation (laughs) face. Exactly. Because there's um, a natural thing for it, isn't it? Like, like my 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 four kids growing up, they all did musical theatre. My youngest put a life to it because she had a little bit of what you said about like, having too much too quick. She was in Oliver on the West End. Oh wow! She'd done, yeah, she'd done two runs. I mean, the chorus, like, but she she got hooked. And then she gave her whole life to it, you know, like school, stage school. Yeah. And then she she graduated from SAGE school just as the pandemic hit. Oh. And everything stopped. And um, she, yeah, it just, for two years, there was nothing. And by the time it kicked off again, they was really concentrating on the new graduates. And this two years got left behind in limbo. It was really, and she ended up going working in a gym. And, but then I'll give her a full credit. She then just really worked hard at that and she'd become a personal trainer. And now she just she went on holiday to Thailand and she went over to she's in Australia now and she's Peter, you know. She, she was
1: remember, by the way, and the wedding, you were like, My kid's going to Bora Bora. And oh, yeah
0: no, Bora Bora. <laughs> yeah, no, she skipped Bora Bora. Yeah, <laughs> no, she skipped Bora Bora. She was from,
1: actually meant to go to Bora Bora.
0: Yeah, she was going to go from there to Bora Bora and then come home. But she went, skipped that, straight to Sydney, Bondi Beach, and she's got a job in a gym as a PT instructor. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's this... But they all grown up, but my son is just such a mimic. You know, and he's in recruitment now. He didn't follow it up. But he just can... Every song that he ever learned, he can just... If they say, oh, do you remember when we did so-and-so? He just can blast out the whole song, every single word. And it can... You know, I can talk on stage to a few hundred people or a thousand people about what I do without any... And they say, oh, can you do... I say, no, look, please, just let me talk. I'm all right. But then if I had to learn something... <laughs> we did a video for L'Oreal and, like, they gave me a script and it's the most awful... I was, like, sitting there like that and <laughs> talking like this. <laughs> yeah, we had haircuts for homeless... And in the end, they took me out of it, and they just put all their lovely images <laughs> and just my, my voice in the background because it was so I was like hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing amazing me for me, what me you, what it's the other doing.
1: way around like right, if yeah. I have to give a speech or something i'm I'm stiff as a board, and then if I have script that I know right that I have to learn, which is. Be- I need to learn it in advance, but I, I, I guess I can do it pretty quickly at this point. It's a muscle, yeah. too. Um, Oops, yeah. So, but, uh, but, yeah, no, I need the the, the script.
0: And the structure. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. probably two sides of the brain, isn't it? That's maybe that we've, we've got strengths in different parts of the brain, I suppose.
1: It must be, right? Because two different, like, for instance, you know, Laura Linney and Jason Bateman on the same show her process was very different from his.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, preparation process. I don't mean like on set, like it was yeah. all seamless and easy. They were uh, very seamless and easy together on set, but yeah. um, like what they would do to prepare felt very different. Um, and yet you arrive to a scene where it's a married couple, you know, deeply engaged with each other and very much in the same scene. Um, so, yeah, it must be that, that, yeah, that just, that, that, that different brains are able to, to, yes. um, yeah, to digest material very differently.
0: So, where did you, what was your first experience of directing? Where did, where did that happen?
1: So, I, you know, I had like when I'm, so I, by my late 20s, I had, I had been working i ha i was lucky enough that when i went out and i um and i and i started working that i that i that i was actually like became a working actor
0: Brilliant. And, um
1: but i didn't really like a lot of the stuff that i was that i was um getting the opportunity to be in right. um, and it started to dawn on me that I wanted to have some say in what stories were being told. Um, Or that maybe acting wasn't for me, which wasn't the case. But um, I was trying to make sense of it. And so I I started, like, in my late 20s, I started to um, explore a lot of different things from... You know, doing like a teaching program in Tanzania to, huh. um, um, you know, going to social worker seminars and, um, you know, taking a, a like a college course. You know, those how colleges have courses that you can take even if you're not a full time student? Right. Yeah. Like extracurricular kind of courses and stuff. Um, so I would take a lot of that and was really searching for like, well, what else would I want to do? I've, this is the only thing I've ever known that I want to do. Um, and the more I started to do all these other things, the more I started to get introduced to people that aren't just in this LA, you know, acting yoga bubble. And, um, and, uh, and, and I started to love people's stories yeah. and, um, volunteer, I spent a long time volunteering at this one organization called Peace for Kids, an incredible organization in Los Angeles run by a guy named Zaid Gale, who became a dear friend of mine. Um, um, and who was a big supporter in me getting my first film done. Um, anyway, he, so I just, I, I started to fall in love with people's stories. and At the same time, I just started to develop a hobby for photography. Right. And so then started to watch films that have a more of like almost like a photographic kind of uh, photographic first perspective, like the works of Lynn Ramsey and Jane Campion um, and Lucretia Martel. And I started to wonder and I and I started to get inspired in a way that I had never thought of before. Um, And so I thought, well, maybe maybe I should go to college. Maybe film school could be right for me. And so I so I went to I moved back to New York. I was in L.A. and I moved back to New York to go to Columbia University for um, and they thank God they let me into their grad school because I'd already lived on my own for had had a lot of living that I had done in the last 10, 12 years. Um, I was about 30. Um, So I I think if I were going to school with some undergrads, I, I think it wouldn't have been a very I think it would have. I think it would have felt there where they are in their life and where I was in my life would have yeah. felt too, too different. Um, and uh, so they let me into the grad program. And, um, and so I went back to, so I went to film school um, cause I wanted some, I want, I felt like everything I knew about acting, I had sort of cobbled together and I always felt a little bit like, something was missing. Like, I want that foundation. I want that. I want to be a craftsman. Um, and I think, you know, I, I know people that were in the sort of the LA acting circuit sort of thought I was nuts because I was getting jobs. I was booking work. I was actually making money. I was young enough to have the naivete to think that like, Oh, well, the money will always be there. And it's not, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so I, I was, uh, so I just thought like, no, I need to go and put a found, like, I really want to do this. And I really want to, I want to know my film ancestry. I want to, I want to know, like, I want to be a film nerd and, um and I want to have a voice. I want to have something to actually say um, and, uh and the tools and, and to know how to use the tools to say it. So the first thing I directed was a short film that I needed to, to make, to get, to like have a portfolio piece to to yeah. uh, to uh, to apply for the film school, and um, and it was all right. It, it was interesting to me how little I knew about directing, having been an actor. Yeah. Um. So. Um. But I I, co- I cobbled something together that was that was okay. Um. That was good. It was okay. It was good because the friends that I had joined me were good.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, but, uh, um, so I'm, I'm glad for their support on that. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was film school for me. That was kind of this incredible, it was really an incredible experience because I hadn't gone to, I hadn't been in a school environment really since, um, since high school. And, uh, and, and because I'd been working like since then and living life and being out there on your own this idea that like wait a second you're going to sit in a classroom and this expert is going to come into the room and deliver this lecture to you about the very thing that you want to know about was mind blowing to me so i ate it up like i was so i was so hungry and excited to be in that environment and also a structured environment cuz yeah. um my life had been so unstructured that I didn't even know I was missing any kind of structure.
0: Right.
1: Um, so then here I have this structure. So for me, it was, it was just such an exciting, thriving experience for me. And um, the first thing I directed that I felt like I had some command over the thing was a short film uh, called skin. Um that I'm, I'm to this day even even though it was about ten years ago that I directed it, I feel really proud of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was the first thing, and then that was a student short film, and um, and I got lucky that that went into Sundance and did like did got into these great festivals. Yeah. But it gave me a real um, it gave me some encouragement.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to to keep to keep pursuing it.
0: That's quite a thing, isn't it? To go to to get that sort of show as a student, but let to go to the Sundance and
1: Yeah, it was um it was uh it, it, it blew me away. I remember they called on uh, I remember they called on Thanksgiving Day and um and I was traveling to get to see a family member um, and it was like Thanksgiving morning on the actual day. That's a Thursday for you, Brits. And, uh, and um, yeah, they said your, your film got it. And I, and I, I just, I couldn't, I I couldn't believe it because so much of, and this is not a complaint. This is just a fact that I'm in an industry where the supply far outweighs the demand, everything that you do is a bit of a struggle. You know, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of like a, you know, I'm going down, I'm going down on that mat again, you know, and again, and again, and again. And, um, and so that it, it kind of, first thing that I kind of did being received by such a prestigious place and a meaningful place. I mean, a really meaningful place for independent filmmakers, not just prestigious, but, but actually really meaningful in the way that they help in the programs that they give you. Um, w- was just, I, I don't know. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a really big. It was a really big deal for me. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: massive, massive at that stage.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a big deal for me, and then. The, the incredible thing about this the Sundance world is that if you can chip your way into it and you get to be kind of um a person in on the inside of it, they really they really hold their hands around you like they really um like from that they asked me if I was writing any full scripts. And um, and if I wanted to submit it to their, uh, they have a Sundance Labs program where they pick about eight eight people a year, wow. and they they um, give you incredible mentorship
0: yeah.
1: and um, deadlines, and 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 they're just you know you're not alone make, trying to make this first film. You you, you have you have bench like steps along the way. Like they give you structure. They give you, they give you structure. And, um, and uh, so, so that was, so that was incredible. So it was, it was really because of the Sundance Film Institute that I was able to make my first feature film. Yeah. Um, because I got to be, I got to like flow on their, on their river,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And go from this to that, to that. Like, so from the screenwriting program they have you do a rewrite and then you send in your rewrite and if you get selected for that then you get to go to the director's lab and the director's lab is like you know 6 weeks in the, in Robert Redford's mountains really um, yeah really <laughs> yeah he has like a, a, you know acres and, acres and acres and acres and acres and acres um and he set up like a little like campus um and so you go there and um you eat incredible food and you have like fireside chats and um, wow. Wow. You put up scenes, you bring actors out with you. And for the director's lab, you put up scenes and you film them and then really incredible advisors shoot them down and then you cry. And then you're like, I'll never be good at this. And then your friends will like, you know, buck you up. And, yeah. um, and, uh, some of my dearest friends in my life now came from that program yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, and then when you're done with that, they're like, all right, well, you know, send us a, a new draft. like, a, like, let's rework it to the next stage. And, yeah. and you can submit yourself for the composer's labs. You can start to think about how you want in the sound mix labs. You can start to think about how you want your film to sound and how you want to, and how you want it to, to um, like how you want the score, like, do you want to score? Or do you not want to score? What would that score be like? I, I mean, it's just like the it's just the most incredible experience. Um, Yeah. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm really, I'm so deeply grateful to them. And then because I was making a film that wasn't um, very commercially oriented, then they, then they have a a program called the catalyst program, which like allows you to pitch your film to um, financiers uh, that are more interested in, films that can't get made yeah. in the commercial marketplace. Cause I spent two, before I got into catalyst, I had spent like two years trying to put it out. Like even after the Sundance sort of stamp of, yeah. approval, Um I still couldn't make it in the, the, like the, the Hollywood industry world. It just wasn't commercial enough. Uh-huh. Um, so then they said, "Hey, you should apply and they kind of kept their eye. they keep your, their eye on you, and so they said, "You should apply to this catalyst program and, um, and so that 's where I found all of all of my um, my money, but it 's funny because it really became relationships with investors that 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 like gave a shit about the kind of film that you 're making so it wasn 't just money it was actually like the people behind that money that became um Real collaborators, so I, I, it was kind I of a experience.
0: That, I, I thought that. I thought that there must be because you know business people are business people, yeah, uh, and so they must have had a passion because if it's yeah. commercially viable, then it it, it it doesn't you know it doesn't matter to them. So these people they must have had that uh, the, the, the the money to use, but also the passion for what what you're trying to do, which is quite right. clear, isn't it? In this world,
1: right, 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 like like the old like the old school idea of like having like a benefactor, you know, like, you know, like yeah. a painter having like a, a yeah. uh, you know, somebody that just sort of like, you know, um, you know, puts them up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not a, that's, that that doesn't exist now. No. Um, and I mean, look, they, they wouldn't have been upset if the movie made money and they got their money back. No,
0: no, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. But, um, but yeah, they they wanted they wanted to be a part. They wanted they wanted to participate in, um, in the arts. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that was that was really really great. So that was kind of my, I don't know. That was I don't know. Did I just start blabbing?
0: No, 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 no. Because I find it fascinating because I didn't know any of that existed. You know, I, I know Robert Redford the, the actor, few, and like, I know the Sundance, and he had links, but I didn't know to the extent that he'd invested himself into that, mm-hmm. that you know, which is incredible. As soon as you say Robert Redwood, I think the way we were. And I, I've seen the way we were so many times, and I cry every fucking time.
1: <laughs> okay. He used to visit every lab. He would ride his motorcycle, literally, he would ride his motorcycle, his hair, flap, 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 flap. flap. And a
0: um, good-looking man. Even oh a Painfully good-looking man, yeah.
1: And I, And I... I, I just, like, I remember he introduced himself to me at one of, like, the, like, cause you eat all, you eat all together, you dine, all, like, all your meals are together, and he, um, Quentin Tarantino was one of our advisors.
0: Really? Really Quentin. Not
1: Quentin, I love Like, really cool people, really yeah. exciting people. Um, um, Tobias Lindholm was one of my advisors, incredible right. guy. Who was the writer of that incredible movie um, with Mods Mikkelsen, Another Round.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a good movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but um, what was I going to say? Yeah, he, I, I couldn't get past how good his hair was. Like, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't speak back to him because I was just like, wow, your hair. So good. <laughs> so right. good. Like, I had that kind of moment where I was like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> God, a fucking idiot. and um and then he gave me a really great piece of advice as director because then he came and workshops like so, so then you're putting up scenes and then these advisors will come and drop in on your set right and watch you like a fishbowl it's weird but great and then they'll tell you like Hey, I feel like, uh, you would have, you would have gotten stronger results if you put the camera here or if you spoke to the actor that way or yeah, um, whatever. And so there was one moment where I was putting up a scene and the only place for me to sit outside of the camera view and the equipment was, um, in this very tiny bedroom. And so Robert Redford came to join me where I had my monitor looking at the scene and, um, and he came and he, and there was nowhere else to sit, but like right next to me on this little tiny bed. So it was like me and Robert Redford, just sitting on this little tiny bed, sharing this tiny monitor. And he gave me a tip. Um, and, uh, and, and it's something I think about now all the time, which is ju- he said, you know, when you're directing an actor, give one thing, give one thing per take. Don't, overwhelm your actor with like you know uh too many notes and and i think about that i think about that sometimes when i'm giving my kid something to do yeah you know like if you give and do this and do that and do that and do that nothing's going to get done but if you make it one clear thing yeah um anyway it, it was it was meaningful to me and um but that was really cool and then i was pregnant during the labs right and and so then when I went to the composer's lab, I was really pregnant.
0: And, and, um,
1: I was like, really, really pregnant. And, um, uh, and, he, and Robert Redford came to that, and he came up to me, and he said, may I say your pregnancy seems to be progressing beautifully. <laughs> he gave me a hug. <laughs> I, I called my mom and I told her, and she was so mad. She was like, "That should have been my moment with Robert Redford.
0: <laughs>
1: like that's so not fair." Yeah, I get don't I at least get Robert yeah. Redford?
0: <laughs> he, he encompasses all the generations, though, doesn't he? He's just, just yes. doing it for so long. He encompasses so many generations of people and fans, and you know. But yes. I just, I just, he, to me, he's the way we were, and his hair look.
1: Yeah, his hair is is still so good. It's ridiculous.
0: And Barbara, Barbara Streisand, I've got the biggest crush. I've had the biggest crush since I was, like, 15. Oh, my God. Star is Born, when she was in The Star is Born. I was in lust for years over that. Oh, my God. She's incredible in that film. Uh, yeah she's just
1: and gentle i mean talk about it i
0: might yeah i might i might my kids watch it you know and then you know i right.
1: actually wanted to read i i haven't seen that i haven't seen that since i was really young and i didn't and i didn't understand it yeah um, it's brilliant. It's, i was like when is she gonna start singing hello dolly like i didn't get it yeah. i was too young um and uh, so I, I haven't actually seen it since I was too young to watch it. So I actually really want to watch it. Have you watched that recently?
0: It was only last year and, and I got the girls. Really? Said, yeah. I said, look, you've got to watch this film. And because uh, my me daughter, my other daughter, she's in, she's um, a researcher in TV programs. Oh. She, does, she does a lot of the um, uh, reality stuff. Oh, okay. An American one. Is it too hot to handle? That, that It's uh, a big American one. Well, they all they're all too good looking, and they all make love everywhere and <laughs> cheat on each other, and yeah. But she had to. She 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 loved it. She got flown to the Turks and Caicos Islands for four oh, months, and there yeah. was just her and one of the contestants in a villa. But she said about the long hours as well. You know, it was incredibly long hours, and you know, it it it. it I didn't realise how much these guys worked on that sort of thing. You know. Well, yes. I said, look, you love film? I said, there's some films you're going to have to, you know, she's not in film, but she's in TV. But, it, you know, I said, there's some films you've got to see. I yeah. said, Yentl.
1: Yentl was I, one
0: of them? I said, you've got to see Yentl, you know, it's okay. like, you know. Just
1: when I, 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 just when I thought I couldn't like you anymore. <laughs> you tell your daughter, you got to see Yentl.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's not. she's, she's she's, know, she, she's, 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 she's gay. She's come out as gay as. She came back from, she went, she went to university straight and came back gay. And um, I, I got her, a, for her birthday, I got her a pride dildo. <laughs> 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 and she opened this. I'll send you the video. She opened this <laughs> and said, <it> was this. Because <laughs> that was my way of saying, I accept you, my darling. and I love
1: Amazing. You. <laughs> That's Amazing. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! Yeah, does so she use it though? <laughs> well, I suppose yeah, yeah. I like to feel, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, on a girlfriend. Yeah, she's
1: <laughs> like oh god, oh god.
0: <laughs> this means a lot to me. This one, <laughs> my dad gave me this. <laughs> <laughs> gave me this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a symbolic thing in the bedroom. I don't. He know.
1: said she'd sit on her desk.
0: <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. Paperweight. <laughs> it's a paperweight. <laughs> But yeah, but there's certain things you know that 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 they have to see in there. And um, I, I, I grew up loving film. Um but one of the odd ones I loved. There were certain films that, that, that changed me as I went along. Um, Way mm-hmm. we were, Star is Born, uh, but Rocky Horror Show, the Rocky Horror Picture oh, yeah. Show. Oh yeah, like, I was a, I was a sort of an, 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 an <laughs> I was this sort of a Hormonal young boy of 14, 15, and then yeah. it was just everyone had stockings and suspenders on. I went to see it five times the first week. Oh
1: man, I showed that one to my kid uh during the pandemic, yeah. And it, she got really into like weird musicals, yeah. She got another weird musical, The Boyfriend. You might like that if you've never seen that. I'm that. Not sure. that's a weird musical. If you ever like I'd like to do mushrooms but not do mushrooms, just watch that movie.
0: Oh right. Um, oh, it's it, yeah,
1: it's it's so trippy dippy weird. It's a it's a it's a musical with uh Twiggy starring in it.
0: Really? Yeah. With a boyfriend, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah of
0: course. He has a boyfriend. Yeah. I was thinking of a new thing, but yeah, Twiggy yeah. was in the boyfriend, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Tommy Tunes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, that one's really weird. And um, so she really liked that. I was just watching that on my own and she came and, you know, came into the room and it wasn't uh, inappropriate. I mean, it was weird, but it wasn't yeah. like there wasn't anything I had to censor her from. Oh. And, um, and uh, so so she was she got really into it and then she wanted to watch it again and again and again. And so then she was like, "I want another musical and another musical." And so then we watched, you know, Bugsy Malone and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, I
0: wanna be a boxer. Yeah, yeah. the baby
1: know. face. That's the baby <laughs> face. And uh, I am baby face. Um, and uh, um, and then and then I was like, mm, "Rocky Horror Picture Show will the will the sexuality of it?" Because she was only like five. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Sexuality of it, sort of go over her head or will it feel too sort of sensory overload for her. Yeah. Um and she loved it. Loved it. Awesome. Um it's so weird, but yeah, that it's that one is it is so Tim Curry ah. is I mean I yeah, I'm so I don't know. I, I have like I'm so over the over like I'm so overwhelmed by Tim Curry yeah
0: He's, I, really I do a mean when we meet again when I come to New York I do a mean it's my party piece <laughs> I, my rendition of a sweet transvestite yeah. is you know I, 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 I'll put it out there myself it's pretty good
1: <laughs> I'll only watch it if you wear the
0: outfit <laughs> I'll do that it's not a problem to me <laughs> at all will wouldn't be the first time I've had it on um <laughs> bit more difficult now I don't drink but it was always yeah I never <laughs> I never averse first to frame that on at any time as long as everyone else is joining in but mm-hmm. the other one Sweet Charity what a great you know Shirley MacLaine God. I know yeah. you know guys and dolls and, and, and yeah that's also
1: funny because like when you re-watch I remember when I was young and I watched that because again this was the kind of stuff I watched my dad yeah. um I was so in love with Marlon Brando. Oh yeah. So in love with Marlon Brando in that movie. And then when I re, when I rewatched it, I I, recently, I I was so uncomfortable watching. I was so uncomfortable for him. He he seemed so uncomfortable in it.
0: Yes. And
1: yeah. then the Dante de Lecce scene is just problematic in all sorts of, like, <laughs> post-Me Too ways and everything. <laughs> like, not sure this one fully holds up. But... No, no, a lot of
0: them don't. And, you know, like, um, then there was another period. Oh, I've got to go back to the early one, though. I was 14 and my sister let me in the theatre through the fire escape because I was too young. And I saw this, The Exorcist.
1: That's amazing. Seriously? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was 14. I saw The Exorcist at the pictures. Oh. And that always holds me. As, I mean, I didn't sleep for three months. Um, and and
1: Jacob's Ladder? Do you remember the movie Jacob's Ladder? Oh, yeah. It's yeah.
0: nothing like
1: Jacob's Ladder. Um, for the
0: people's hand. sake. You know, there's, there's, they've got age limits on these things for a reason. And <laughs> I don't know now. But the <laughs> thing what I try and tell people is that if it, I was born in that time. And, and when 19, I think it was in the early 70s, The Exorcist came out. And William Friedkin was such a magician because the things he did were not doable until many decades later. And even now, they they would only be doable with CGI, and he had none of that. And the things he created, and people were still watching Hammer House of Horror. You know, they were still watching Christopher Lee as Dracula and Peter Cushing as Frankenstein. And then all of a sudden, this guy come and done this. Yeah, yeah. light years away from what it was. You know, it, that, the the things it, to get the breath in, in, in the, the the visual breath, they surrounded a room with freezers, industrial freezers. Is that right? So, yeah, yeah. So that when they were in there, they could you right, could see the could breath. They
1: have that right. Yeah. Even now, even now, the CGI breath, it doesn't it doesn't work. No. He, as a matter of fact, is, is now in, in pre production on a new movie.
0: What William Freakin?
1: Yeah. Really. He's remaking um, The the Cain Mutiny. Really? That Bogart film?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. When I heard
1: that, I was just like, what?
0: (laughs) No disrespect to the man. I didn't even know he was still alive.
1: (laughs) I know. No, I think he is like uh, in his, uh, like, I think he is close to 90 or something.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, he must be. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we were there... Uh, Mark, the photographer, um, who took a lot of the photographers on the, the beach day and at the wedding, the black and white stuff, um, he worked with William Freaking. he came on my podcast. Oh, uh,
1: really?
0: Yeah, Mark. And, the, and I didn't even know it because I'm terrible. I'm not a really lady, lazy podcaster. I don't do research. I like, to, <laughs> I like to have it all as fresh. I like it to be as fresh to me as it is to anyone else listening. And then, you know, and I only was speaking to him because he'd come and took photos of... Um, Lena, when we was at the mission, and she come and cut hair with me, mm-hmm. and then he said, oh, she's
1: a hair cutter. I bet oh, she's right. really she's, she,
0: oh, she's she's a closet hairdresser. She's you know." Yeah, I, I
1: have a feeling she's a yeah.
0: Really oh, she girl. yeah. She, there was no holding her back. Right. He, he <laughs> took some great images, and he was a lo- he's a lovely, lovely man. He he had the cane at the wedding. He was walking. He had a bad hip, and he had a, he, he was walking around with a cane. You will get him. I'll send you a picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't do your constipated face. It's not a good look. <laughs> no. But, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm getting to the age where I need uh glasses, where I'm starting to do, like, I'm...
0: Yeah, up, I'm yeah, I do that. that. And I've got a big, I've got an F off face, because when I'm concentrating, I'm, I, I'm doing this, and I, you know, sometimes I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I have that too, but I have two of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... So you've yeah. got a passion, you've got a real passion then for directing. I think it's overtaken your love of acting, and not it, really? It seems to me.
1: You know, it's funny because um, in my, I, like, if I could paint the perfect picture, it would be to do both. Like, you would to have them in balance because yeah. um, I, I don't have the feeling that, like, when I, when I, I started out acting and when I found directing, I said, no, this is actually it. This is actually it. And forget yeah. about acting. I didn't have that feeling. In fact, the more I directed, the more I was like, oh, that's what I was missing as an actor. Oh, that oh, I needed I needed to just hold that a little bit longer. I needed to I needed to have more awareness of the camera in that moment, like where that camera was. So in in a way it it one feeds the other. Yeah. But it's, it's tricky. It's a tricky balance for me at the moment because um, I think until you've sort of really proven yourself and unfortunately proven yourself on the business side just means did your, money, did your movie make money, yeah. um, until you've really proven yourself, it's hard to flow back and forth. Right, Okay. It, it's a little bit like, you know, because we as just human beings and then certainly in that industry really need, really want to put you in a box.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, we all just do just to get through our day, right? That person yeah. belongs in that context. Yeah. That person belongs in that context. But um, so it's a little bit like, I'm feeling like in this moment of like, I haven't quite earned my right to flow between the two or wow. I haven't paid my dues to flow between the two. So I'm in mean, a little bit of a challenging moment. It's not so easy to not just sort of pick one and, and run with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not so easy to not pick one and run with it. Yeah. I'm a little bit hand-tied behind my back by not doing that. Yeah. Um, and yet, I really love them both. both. Yeah. And I think, and I think that they inform each other really well. One thing I don't have too much of an interest in is like directing myself. Like wow. where I'm the actor in it. And the, Jason actually said something funny about that. Cause he directs a lot of the Ozarks.
0: Yeah. I saw that. that
1: like for you to the lead actor on the show. Like, what's that like for you to direct yourself? Cause for me, that that's not why I got into directing. I, I just, I don't, I can't, I, I like the conversation with the director and he said, well, you know, I, I do too. And I also am aware that I, I take up time by watching the take. In between, like, okay, now, before we do another take, I'm going to go watch the take that we just filmed because I wasn't behind the monitor watching it because I was doing it, right? So he said, so on the one hand, I I feel bad, like, breaking that flow and taking that time. On the other hand, I save a lot of time by already knowing what bullshit my lead actor is going to bring me today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) is it did i say that laura um uh, directed one as well did laura... yeah,
1: she, yeah. She, she she and jason are two two of like the top directors i've ever worked with i mean just really? in terms of, of, yeah 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 just in terms of like really feeling like you you got to a level of a scene or you got to do something with the scene that you hadn't expected when you were working on it at home and um, where you felt engaged in you know, a in a really
0: uh,
1: a really great way, and then also the outcome, the shots, the choice, the progression of shots, everything, um, and just the experience on set. Um, Laura was Laura was was incredible. Um, she, you know she she comes from such a theater background that she's so into preparation, which is really exciting because in the TV world. I mean, you don't rehearse, you just show up on set and you're supposed to do the thing you do. There's no, there's not really a lot of character conversation. Um, and uh, so she called, when I went back for see the last season, I hadn't been in it for like a year and I had the first day jitters kind of feeling yeah, And um, it was also in the pandemic. So it was like, you know, I hadn't shaved my pits in a year. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I ha- you know, I've like, I've been like, I'm like peeking through with a forest. Um, and, uh, and she, she was like, sh- she said to me, because my character had uh, become sober.
0: Right. She, yeah.
1: me, she said, uh, she called me like two months before and said, um, And said, uh, "I want, I want every single line that you read to be through the of every script to be through the lens of recovery. And all of my my own personal anxiety of first day jitters just all of a sudden got grounded into Mm -hmm. an actual task." So it was like that Robert Redford now bringing it full circle. It was like that Robert Redford thing of like, she gave me one thing to do one crystal clear thing that then informs it in all these incredible ways.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so that was very meaningful. She's incredible. I hope she directs more. I hope she directs more. She's an incredible, yeah. incredible director. And she's a nerd. So she's like, like, and I I say that in a good, I love nerds. So, uh, she, she, She's like, she knows so much. She's so interested. She's so interesting. She she does her homework. Um, And, uh, yeah, she's, she's she and Jason are are two people. I'm like, I just feel really lucky that I got to work with them. Yeah. I feel really lucky.
0: The universe is kind sometimes, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And and
0: Mark and Mark Menchaka. I would put in that category. We've got to talk about Ozark now because um you know the fact that we both know Mark as well and um and he he spoke to me about when he came on the podcast, he was saying about his role in it, which is the biggest shocker. I mean, when when what a great storyline when you know him as the hillbilly like macho cowboy gets turned by the the guy, girl, the guy. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Awesome. You, know, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, his mum was at the wedding, wasn't she? And they're lovely people and they were saying to his mum, whatever you do, don't watch episode seven. <laughs> it's, it's not... <laughs> we kept joking, I kept pulling her leg about that. <laughs> and uh it, you know, like, it's an incredible, but one incredible series. Um, so I'm going to do some spoilers. So if anyone, you know, cause you must have bloody seen it by now, even I've only just finished and I was well late to the party. Life's been hectic, but we're going to talk, you know, cause you, you was in it so strongly that, that at the beginning, uh, what, how did you come by getting the role? How did, how, how did that come about initially? Me? Yeah.
1: um, well, very, uh, very luckily for me, the show was cast by a woman uh, who was at the wedding named Alexa. Oh, right, Weber.
0: right.
1: Um, right. A chance to meet her. Um, sh- she's an extraordinary casting director. She cast oh, yeah. The Wire, um, um, uh, The Deuce. I mean, she, 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 like, everything that's been great at HBO, she cast. Yeah, uh, and uh, she she doesn't put people in boxes, right? And that was lucky for me because the box that I had gotten myself into was a kind of a very sort of mainstream television style. That look, I'm grateful for it. It paid for my paid for my film school,
0: yeah. But
1: um, but it, it wasn't a style that was particularly, um, stimulating to me creatively. Um, so I, so it was funny that I got kind of locked into this box a bit. Um, and, uh, and she just didn't see me there. So she just let me audition for it. And then from what I understand, um, really supported um, really supported my getting the role, so not just let me audition, but kind of um, saw me in it and pushed for me yeah. to, to be in it. Um, so I'm really grateful to that because um, because that's unusual. And um, and uh, so yeah, so I, I auditioned for it, and then it's a bit hazy now, but um, and then I remember. Uh, They brought me back in and I read with uh, and I met Jason and Chris Mundy, who's the showrunner and one of the most incredible showrunners I've ever worked with. So like in television, the showrunner, do you know what the showrunner is? The showrunner is basically like the director, like they're like the person that has the they're the like in film, the director or the writer director is the person that's really kind of holding the entire um, vision
0: Right.
1: right in tv that's the showrunner right okay um so they're bringing the directors that are coming in together they're making sure that they're united in a kind of a clear that they're, they're all telling the same story right. a, Yeah. clear vision yeah. and um and then the head of the writer's room and um anyway so chris mundy is this incredible guy because um, he's so unassuming and he's so kind and he's so like salt of the earth midwestern kind of a guy and he's just one of the nicest people I've ever ever met and then I would read these scripts like I was like wait what happened like <laughs> what? like what? with the pregnant ba- wait why is the baby where's the mom where's the baby like what like that kind of thing and I I was just like, how does this come from this guy who's like truly the loveliest person I've ever met? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Except, <laughs> oh, so yeah, so he was in the room, and it was just a really nice room to be in. They made it a really nice room, um, yeah. and Jason obviously obviously has a, a celebrity around him, so yeah. it could have been, it could have easily been. Um, an intimidating room to be in and he and he and he um and he he made it very comfortable so that was really cool um and that was it i mean it was just i think it was just that it was just the first audition and the and the callback with jason and yeah chris um
0: but your character was great, wasn't it? I mean, like, we, we chatted and I said, I was actually quite attracted to the character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? I said to you, when we were at the win, I said, I was quite attracted to the character. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like, all always respect your husband say so it wasn't a come on, but it was like, she, <laughs> she had that sort of like, you know, grassroots... Yeah, dirty girl. Yeah, yeah. Far yeah, yeah. out. Oh, Been around the block a bit. Earthy yeah, lady. Earthy, earthy, lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, it was
1: uh, nice filming that too because we had um we had a um uh we shot that we shot that show in Georgia and we shot it all over. Like, so the production stages were just outside of Atlanta, and then the birdhouse was on one lake, and then the blue cat was on another lake. Right, and so they would clump all the blue cat resort scenes together right. just from a production logistics standpoint, because yeah. it was a little bit further away. So once you're moving the entire crew, you want yeah. to shoot all the scenes there at the same time, because yeah, it's just uh, obviously a time suck to be, you know, moving locations is the biggest time suck. So you, you yeah. group things together in terms of locations when a show is spread out like that. Yeah. Um, And uh, so when I would go to film there, I would just, like, get an Airbnb on the lake. Right. Like, so close to it that I could actually, like, canoe to work. Right. (laughs) Um, So that was really nice because it was my first time that I had, like, lake life.
0: Yeah, I
1: would have a swim in the lake and then go to work. It was crazy. It was really nice. It was really, really nice.
0: (laughs) It was a great... Relationship that you had with Jason when they're in the show that you you always kept thinking are they are they gonna are they gonna get it on and they not and and yeah. uh, you know there was that there was a quite a lot of tension weren't there between the two of you it seemed like
1: well, it was you nice know, I, said, I, I said to him one time I was like should I be offended that we're like not getting it on <laughs> and um, and uh, and he said and he actually said something really really interesting uh and so thoughtful and so smart he said um. Maybe this way this is his way of saying he's not that into me, but, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he said, um, he said, the only thing I have going for me or as Marty bird, like the only thing my character has going for me is that I care about my family yeah. is that I'm doing this for my family. Yeah. So even though my wife cheated on me, yeah, I'm doing this for my family. Like that's the, otherwise I'm a horrible person. Yeah. I'm a really horrible person and I'm putting my kids in grave danger. So if we don't really truly believe that the only reason why is to be able to get them out, that I'm a protector of my family, that I'm not, you know, stuffing the bartender on the side, uh, like we have to, we have to hang on to that side of him. Otherwise we, otherwise we're just sort of watching moral depravity. Like we're not watching Like we, we'll lose, we'll lose our connection to him.
0: Yeah. That makes Me like the,
1: every audience.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. And then. That
1: makes sense, but damn,
0: no. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. Nearly, nearly. And we, because we, the thing is, it, you know, it went through and it was a full, it was four seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I, I, when I saw you at the wedding, I, um, I just started to catch up with the beginning of that season. And then I said to you, look, no spoilers, I need to watch the rest of it when I get back. And I managed to get back. It was really, I hit the ground running when I got back, the, the project, the charity, I was all over the place, but I managed to get it finished. And I spoke, when I spoke to the, like, I was in tears. Because the, when, when you all come, it was at the last episode and you will come back, so look, if, if, switch off now if you haven't seen it, what's, what, what's wrong with you if, if you haven't, but... You know, and that that bit where it, it's the she sort of dream scene where she goes back and you're all round the fire, and Marks singing, oh, "I was so crying, our oh, baby, you know it was just like you know and you you're, that how they wrote you back in and the the way you, your last bit of it was, I thought it was fantastic that they, they brought you back
1: you know what's funny is that the day that they were shooting all the guys, all the Langmores back to like have that fire scene. We were all staying in the same hotel.
0: Right.
1: And um, so I wasn't in, in that scene, but I was, like, on the day before I was working. So we were all at the hotel at the same time. And we all just kind of found ourselves together in the uh, the lobby, restaurant, bar, or whatever. And um, and we just had this really great night of reconnection because I hadn't been there for all of season three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was just, I don't know, it was a really, it was a really beautiful night back together. And like that, 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 that feeling was the feeling like back at the hotel that, yeah, that, that you know, Chris Mundy and Jason and Laura, you know, all the people that sort of create the tone of the show and the set, yeah. um, they, they, created that feeling for us to be just hanging out at the yeah hotel, restaurant, bar, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, real kind of community feeling. Yeah. I was I was really bummed that we weren't doing that we weren't doing more. It was it was one of the best jobs I've had.
0: Yeah. I was talking to Mark because he was saying like he's he's had some fantastic roles, but they keep bumping him off. <laughs> 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 Like, to be able to come back into it later. And uh, in Homeland, he got bumped off, and he would love to have been able to come back later.
1: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah,
0: yeah. There's something about him that people want to kill him. But... Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, oh, we missed that guy. Let's bring him back. Yeah,
0: yeah it, let's, bring, it, him back. let's bring him back. How many ghosts is? Uh, I hate dream scenes. I really hate, you know, the worst yeah. of all, Bobby Ewing coming back in Dallas. <laughs> and, you know, all these dreams. But that one, the way they've done it was so class. Okay. Yeah. And, and so moving. The
1: beautiful scene where she's sitting on top of the trailer and talking to yeah. her brother.
0: Yeah. Oh. I know. And that stuff that really, broke my heart. That broke that my heart. That was really, really good, wasn't it? No, it was really so hats off to them all, you know, everyone involved as a fan. It was uh, normally normally they, they they sort of sometimes it just dogs it a bit at the end. Yeah, and it's false. Uh, you know, Game of Thrones—the uh, last one was seen false, that everyone went up in arms. Right, right,
1: right. This, right, right.
0: this was just like perfect, perfect ending to an hour. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because
0: you couldn't have an happy. I can have an happy ending? You can't have a happy ending.
1: Right, right.
0: Because it's too. It was, it
1: was a perfect. It was a perfect ending that the innocent became corrupted. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the thing. Because in the end. How could you not become corrupted in something like that? Because life corrupts a lot of the time, um, you know. But nice, no, it's, it's, it was really fantastic. So, as we wrap up, what, what's the so what, what's your future? You know, would you would you want to come now? What do, what's the, what's your next thing that you were you really want to do?
1: So I've just um, time. I've just written. I've written over the these last couple of years I've written a a TV series and I've written a, a a script and I'm just starting to put them out now. Right. Um, And then I have fragments of like three other scripts that I feel like I'd have to make after I made a script that had some, that, that actually made some money. Yeah. Um, But, uh, so I think the thing that's really on my mind is, is, um, is I've spent the last couple of years really just kind of in my own little room, you know, um, at my own little desk, writing in this kind of very quiet kind of isolated space. Um, and so now I'm making that transition to like now putting the stuff out there and yeah. um, getting, you know, trying to get money for it and, and all of that. And so it's a, it's a strange, I'm in a, I'm in a strange transitional place of like moving from this very quiet place where you're kind of creating stuff in quiet to, to now saying, okay, now I'm ready to start shopping it around. Um, and it's a strange, it's a strange feeling, but hopefully I won't stay in that transitional space too long. No, no. But it, Things take a long time, you know, things just take a long time. And it took me a while to be okay with that, yeah, um, to be like, well, you know what, for some people, it goes very fast, and sometimes it doesn't, and most kind of actually most of the time it doesn't um, um, and that's okay and 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 when I lose sight of that, the only thing that that brings me any kind of uh, like relief is just getting getting back to doing to generating work yeah, of course. Um, because you can spend a long time um, spinning out on like, how do I pitch this, who do I network it to, who do I this and that?" And it's so unfulfilling, like it's such a not the fun part of the job, at least for me, um, that I have to like tap back into like, and now I've written something, and like the the, the actual act of like creating something is um, pumps you back up. Yeah. Um, but so, so, yeah, so getting the, getting the things that I've written made is sort of on the forefront of my, of my mind right
0: now. And one last thing, I don't really want to go without this because it's things pop into my mind when I'm talking to someone. And you said so many times throughout our chat, you said the word structure. Have I? Yeah. Why do you think is structure... So important to
1: you. So you know, it's funny. I um, so in my twenties, I got uh, diagnosed with uh, ADHD. Wow. Lovely. And um, and uh, you know, it's a funny thing. I feel funny talking about it because there's. It's become such a pop culture word, also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh and so I. I've, I, I see in the moments where structure, where sort of an external structure is given to me, how, and um, I, I don't mean given to me in a total hand-holding sense, but just in the fact that, oh, you have a deadline and something's due. yeah, And there's accountability for that being due. Somebody's waiting for that to arrive in their inbox or whatever. Right. Uh, that those things are really, I actually, they're really important to me. Uh, and there, and I, and I need them because without them, I can spin out a little bit because I don't have a job where, and I think actually fewer and fewer people do have a job right where they're, where there isn't a kind of a freelance nature to it. But yeah. as a freelancer, if you will, um, the, the project that you're pitching is only as good as the work you put into it. Yeah. Um, and, uh and so without kind of giving yourself some like external deadlines tomorrow can become tomorrow can become next month can become next year very easily
0: yeah of course
1: and then it doesn't feel good uh, for me at least because i'm a person that thrives on feeling like i'm I'm making things um and uh So I I suppose just for my own self to feel good, you know, to feel like I'm moving things forward. Um, If I don't have structure, I try to find anything to apply for, like something that requires an application that I have to finish that draft of that thing to apply, like all those kinds of external dates. Yeah, that may are that may be relatively arbitrary. They're really helpful to me.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah,
1: because with oh. acting, it's very structured. You know what it, I mean? Acting yeah. is like you have to show up at this time, and if you are literally a minute late, there's an ad calling a second ad calling a second second ad calling the hotel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's um. You know, you show up and they're like, here's the clothes you're wearing. We're going to, you sit in a chair while we do your makeup. You know, you need to know your lines and you need to know them at this time for this scene on this day. Like it's very, um, so I I don't think I even realized to what degree I needed structure because I was in such a structured kind of system. Yeah. And so then when you're saying I'm going to go off and write my own thing and it's like. Well, when do you want to finish it? I don't know when you want to. Like, you know, it's like, well, then you hit a rough patch, or you don't feel like writing, or what you're writing sucks. It just becomes next month, very, very quickly. Of course. Uh, And that and that feels like a bummer. And then you get bummed out, and then you lose confidence, and what? So anyway, so that's why I guess I I guess, um, and then because if I'm not, I'm learning about myself that if I'm not like really into it, it's very hard for me to stay engaged like most people. And then for some people really hard to stay engaged like me. And, um, um, so yeah, keeping that, like, there's a deadline, there's a time that that has to be handed in, just push through the bits you don't like. Yeah. Um, um, that, yeah. 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 That's, that's the, my, that's my structured, uh, <laughs> word salad. <laughs> I just threw at you.
0: <laughs> okay. It's just, it, it, it jumped out at me and I was like, there's something really important there, you know, and it, but the that's ADHD cool. thing, you know, my sonny a nose, I've got ADHD and, you know, it, it, it's a definite thing that, that people need, but so many of us need, we don't want it, but we need it. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's so important to a lot of people um, it's important to me i've got deadlines and things and that you know my sister's my structure <laughs> really she, yeah because she, she works with me in the charity and she you know because I'm, I'm an ideas person so and i'm an action person so i just right. want to go out and do it I have the ideas of what we're going to do or where we're going to do it and that and then she's the one that comes right and she sort of brings me back what, right, have you got to do this, and who you got right. to, to do this. What
1: are first? the things that we need to do to like, actually see she, that idea through?
0: She's, she's got, she's got the lists and it's like, well, wait, what one, what one have you got to do first? And all, you know, like, right. If, right, Otherwise, I'm just chaotic. I, I've got a chaotic mind, chaotic person. Uh, probably like because I'm an addict, and you know, like, right. it, it,
1: yeah.
0: it, it you need someone to ground you sometimes, and oh, when, and my wife, my wife is so grounding. I mean, you've met her she's like the yeah. most easy coming.
1: <laughs> I think I think Matt my husband and your wife play similar roles for us
0: I think so definitely
1: um because he's definitely like you know he'll help me break down my like break down the bits of the day and be like all right well then so that seems like you'd have to do that before you do that and I'm like yeah. oh right, yeah of course <laughs> um because I I, I can get yeah, I can get lost and then I can ruminate about that and then you can shame cycle spiral into the thing that you didn't do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like,
0: yeah. like so... so yeah, it's, Julie's always saying, oh, Stuart, it's in your head. It's in your head. None of this is happening. No. Right. People right. don't think that about you. You're not, you know... It, yeah. it, it, it's just you imagine all of it. Yeah, you just, ruminate, it, it,
1: ruminate, yeah. ruminate. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well... So, Jill,
1: that,
0: I think this is what I love doing podcasts because I think I know someone, but then having this hour with someone, you really feel like you come away and you just feel like you're just clearer about who they are and what makes them tick, you know, and, and always, they always come away with some common ground where you feel closer to someone. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed it today. Um,
1: Likewise. And also I feel like, I feel like, Oh, I'll go away and be like, Oh man, but I didn't get to ask you all those questions. Like I wanted to ask you about, and maybe you can tell me what episodes you talk about these on. Um, I wanted to ask you about like, what gave you the idea to start the podcast spun off of the work that you do? Where did the podcast come from? What was that like to start up?
0: it, the, the podcast really simply was the fact that I was asked to be on a few podcasts uh, because of my story. Um, so then once I was a guest on some podcasts, I thought I am meeting so many people, but originally the very first idea was I wanted to talk to my guests, uh, but they they proved to be, I tried a few, they proved to be so vulnerable and so uh, chaotic that I couldn't really get a proper conversation um, and it, there was this really fine line of uh, exploitative, but I yeah. didn't know how to exploit them for entertainment or you know. So, but then quickly I, I went moved over to the people who working in, in like my team leaders or working at centres. I meet some amazing, wonderful people. Yeah. who don't know who they are. They don't know their stories. They don't, you know. And then I've been also lucky enough because the profile we've managed to get is is to have you know wonderful, well known people like yourself and. Lena and Mark and you know I I had um, the Duchess of York on really <laughs> yeah uh, Bella Freud the, the the designer you know so I've had some great people but they they always, always a common denominator they all interest me mm-hmm. you know and I a really I'm a selfish person I you know this isn't for everyone who wants to listen this is me I, this is I, I I talk to people I'm interested in. About what I'm interested in, <laughs> and if right. I'm interested in people. You can't, you can't go and do the work I do, the people I meet, with without a love and an interest for your fellow human beings. You know. Yeah. And, and I
1: particularly stuff. loved the episode of the, um, and now I'm, I'm sorry to say, I'm, I'm clouding on her name. Um, the woman that had, um, had that breakup that sort of triggered a uh, ride down into a kind of a. Um, into addiction and and, and oh yeah, recently. Herself, that's Denise, I think herself writing. Yeah,
0: yeah, just um, a girl. Yeah, just a girl. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that um, she's, she's yeah incredible woman. um And we're working on something I can't speak about at the moment because it's to do with um, w- women who are in danger. Mm. So I can't give the specifics, but. You know, even with everything else going on, she's working on saying she wants me to help her with. Uh, And there's a lot of that. You know, it started off with homeless people, but then it quickly went into women's refuge. You know, um, I had a a girl on Monday and my daughter went for it. My daughter had a terrible, abusive relationship. Mm. She was only 17. And I met this girl on Monday and... She was, you know, she was say, girl, she's probably in her sort of mid-30s, I think, um, and she was in a refuge, and she was, you know, become you know, somewhere super safe. Um, but this guy had um, he'd beaten her so badly. But it, what really got me? I don't know why it got me, but it, it, she had bite marks all over her. And these bite marks, but I'm not talking just like, you know, I'm talking bite marks, you know, the skin had broken and there's the scars, and you could see the bite, The you know, and she said to me, she showed me her arm and told me to like she had this sort of solid mess where the, the, the bite had bitten and broken the muscle, um, you know. And, and it's the thought that there's people out there who have to go through all this and there's not to help for them. Yeah. Um, so what we can do, and she, and I think I did put it on my Instagram and it wasn't, well, why I put it on the Instagram was how I was feeling because I normally I try and protect myself. but I felt so awful. Uh, I, was, I was blow drying the hair and I had tears coming down my face because I was thinking of my daughter. I was thinking of her. I was thinking, and this became the most important blow dryer that I've ever done in my life. I was just, I wanted, I was so invested. I wanted, I wanted her to look and feel so so important to me that she felt so good about herself, and she did. She did, she had a smile on her face, and when she left, and mm-hmm. she'd come up, and, and and it's something sometimes they actually go up and they, they come back and they put a little bit of lippy on or something and they come and go, look, I look really good now, I don't I? They, they want to okay. show you what you've done, almost, yeah. you know. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely. Well, because
1: it's more than an external thing, right? You've put yeah. them in back in touch with a reminder of a self that, that they lost touch with. Inside yeah. of themselves, right? That is like, oh, actually, it might not be as out of reach as I thought, yeah. or maybe I don't have to give up on that person inside of me. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. They're,
0: not, maybe the they're not gone. No, they're not. We we feel the old fence itself, and sometimes we yeah. work, sometimes we've got sessions. We work with street working girls who are very hard. You know, got a very hard exterior. Yeah, a little bit of music goes on, and we have a you know, and, and a gradual. And then you see yeah. the real person. Kids come out. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're kids big kids, yeah. you know, they're, they're my daughters ages, yeah. you know. So um but they're they're, they're like middle aged women, you know, they've, they've been through the mill. Yeah. Um so if we can just if we can just make them feel better about themselves, even for a temporarily, um they just know someone cares. That's the thing. You know, they just know someone cares. But I love doing yeah. it. I I I get I I get more from it than I give. So um yeah, and and I can't wait to come and see you guys. I'm going to come over.
1: Yeah, you uh, you and Matt have a lot, in, yeah,
0: and- me and Matt, I've definitely want to join him in summer. Just just see what he's doing. And
1: yeah, when he was at so he's a doctor that uh, works in crisis settings and doctors' that borders and Rikers, yeah. and all that, and and he, he described that same kind of moment where you know not same kind of moment. But a, a, a similar a similar moment where uh, an incarcerated person would just say to him something like, oh, I really like your shirt. You know, that's a nice shirt. And I would say, like, well, what's that moment about? And he would say, cause, you know, the, the person's in for to visit the doctor within Rikers and he will say, I think they just want a regular moment. Yeah. Like, I think they just want like they want like like they just want to talk about the weather
0: yeah.
1: Because it's like a reminder that you're human.
0: Yeah.
1: You're just like a human being having a chat about the weather.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So well, I
1: think it's extraordinary what you do. And I, I, I feel silly having spent so much time talking about myself. No,
0: because yeah. I, no, please don't. No, because I wanted to know, people want to know. So it's, uh, they've heard about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, and like, hey, oh, you got enough of this guy.
0: <laughs> so you know, no, that's that's whole point. You know, there'd be some people who didn't know, you know, all of that stuff about, you know, the Sundance, the the place, and all of that process, and you know, it, it, it's interesting, and people do, they do want to know. And you're a lovely person. I want to know about you.
1: Thank you. So much. <laughs> um, we'll so, you I miss you guys already.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come visit us. Come stay with us.
0: Yeah, I will. I'll come over. I'm looking to come over early, early next year. and I'm, I'm hoping to Pokemon do the some- uh,
1: bunk bed with your name on it.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I, hope it's, I, hope it's, I hope it's a big one. I hope it's a strong, strong place.
1: <laughs> we might have to do some reinforcing.
0: <laughs> That's one. Well, thank you so much for your thank time. You. And um, love to the family. I'm and keep glad. doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. You too. See you later. Bye.